For me, built in Africa, for me, is building something that relates to what being in Africa is. They are building something that can be part of that definition of what Africa is and how the rest of the world can actually relate to Africa. Welcome to the Built in Africa podcast, where we connect trailblazers of the African diaspora through the unifying language of tech. Hi, my name is Bright Mukolda. I'm a software engineer based in Zimbabwe, Arare. And one of the games that I've worked on right now is Neno, which is a word search puzzle for African languages. Since 2010, Brighton has worked professionally as a software developer, gaining a diversity of experiences. He's worked in the telco industry with local startups, even worked at a cryptocurrency exchange. And over the past couple of years, he's evolved into a game developer. Listen as he shares his journey into game development. My first interaction with gaming was when I was contributing to some research that was being done by a friend of mine called Ian. So I was working on a game for, for teaching preschool children Shona, the Zimbabwean local language. So when I actually joined him, I was, I was actually doing the backend, writing some Java code for him to do some APIs for him. And at that time, I really wasn't sure myself that I was actually capable of doing some, some game development. And then later on, when I was kind of playing with my kids, so they come from preschool and I realized that you'd find they were focusing more on English and daughter no longer had that interest in our local languages in Shrona and she actually didn't know the language itself. But when you are to give a device, a phone, whenever they are alone, they're actually either on the TV or on the phone and they're playing games and all the games that they are playing in, none of it has got anything that is African to it. So they are learning a lot of the culture from Europe, from America, from everywhere else, from China but there's not that much content when it comes to us Africans. Neno is the second game Brighton's created. Listen as he provides an overview of the game and why he built it. On a plain level, you're looking at a, at a word search game, but the, the difference between this one and everything else that you find there is that it's focusing on introducing African languages within the games. So right now we, we currently support Shona, in Ndevelo or Zulu and Swahili is languages that, that you can play through within the game. And we also have English for everyone else who will probably be interested in, in some of the African languages, but they need a sort of an introduction, a way to get into the app, then they can start learning the other African languages that are there. So the main idea around this was to, to give a platform or a, a game where people could actually play with their local languages but instead of just focusing on one African language, you sort of find a way of uniting the Africans in different countries, in different places, by giving each other an opportunity to learn the words that are available in, in, in different languages. During our conversation, I grew extremely curious about the software development process. What did it look like from idea to the final step of deploying the app on the Google Play Store? 
So I ask the question, listen as Brighton shares the end-to-end -end process and why he's focusing on mobile game development. Where Africans spend most of their time on mobile. Unlike gamers over the world will probably spend a lot of time on their PCs, spend a lot of time with Xbox, PlayStation, things like that. Africa, most people are on mobile. So you'd find that whatever you want to do, make sure that you at least you are able to target the, mo the mobile platform first, at least you, you get to reach more people. And that also had a bit of influence in terms of the selection for the technology. Initially, the main options that I was looking at for gaming was between Unity and Unreal Engine. And at that point, I hadn't used any one of them. So it was basically pick one and that's the one that you're going to learn and start working with for the next few games that you're going to be using. So I ended up picking Unity mainly because it's got a bit more focus on, on mobile and it supports mobile better for both Android and iOS. Now, the next part was trying to find the data. Because one of the biggest challenges with African languages mm. is they are not well documented. If you are to go online right now, look for an African language and look for a simple text file that has got just a list of words, it's difficult to find. I ended up having to do a bit of research into looking at how do I collect the data, write some scripts, write some applications where you could scrape data on local newspapers, things like that. So you're creating sort of your own corpus for that language that you can then use for different games. Despite the structural challenges, affecting the growth of Africa's gaming market, like access to reliable internet and the cost of data, African gaming developers are still betting on the future. Listen as Brighton shares his thoughts on Africa's gaming industry. Looking at it from the African perspective, I think it's something that is still starting. So you'd find it's only just a few years now where you've got this boom in Africans moving into the tech space. Mm -hmm. But you've got quite a number of people who are in tech right now. They're building backend apps, they're building mobile apps for businesses, things like that. So there's a lot of focus on solutions, for, like business solutions. And gaming is not that many people who have actually ventured into that space. Probably one of the main reasons probably being that there's no guarantee in terms of you making that much revenue when you start. Because it's something that takes a lot of time into building the marketing process, things like that. So most people start by focusing on building the enterprise business apps. And it's actually easier for people to get jobs when you're, say, a Java developer or a C-sharp developer building apps for businesses. It's easy for you to get employment. Gaming, you find most people in gaming, they do it on their own space or they do it on their own time. And it's not something that's common in most corporates. Yeah, so you'd find there are a few companies that are actually into gaming. If you, if you had to look in, in Zim, you would find there are just a few. Probably you find one or two companies that are also still starting when, when it comes to gaming. So it's something that is not yet common in Africa. Most people see it as a risky space to actually play, play around in because of that lack of guarantee. Was creating apps, targeting a market, even though they spend most of their time on their mobiles, there are other factors that can prevent you from making money, like internet availability, cost of internet across Africa, things like that. So it's a risky space, but it's a space that mm -hmm. has got a lot of potential in, in looking at the future-wise. Because you find if you had to look at the difference in terms of how Africa has grown in the past few years in terms of internet availability, probably the next five years or so where a lot more people are now connected and internet is most likely going to be cheaper for a lot more people.
So it's actually better for us to start preparing for that time, so that at least when, when we get to that point, you, you already have things in place and people don't have to start from zero. And that's it for this episode. If you haven't already, check out the full article on our website, builtinafrica.io, found in the description. And while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter so we may keep you up to date with the latest. But until then, keep building.